Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. Hey, turn to the person next to you and say, I'm so glad I'm here sitting next to you today. Welcome to Oasis Church. I know Brother Ruben gave this announcement, but if this is your first time, this room's a lot more full. Is that the right English? It's fuller. (laughs) I have a master's degree. Who would know? (laughs) If this is your first time being at Oasis, slip your hand up one more time, please. Slip your hand up. We see him. Come on, there's more people now. Welcome. Welcome. I'm the, I'm the, I'm a pastor here. I'm crazy. I I shout. I'm sorry. It's awesome. But we're so glad you're here. And if you don't have a church community, if you're in the city or outskirts of the city and you just need people to do life with, we want to do that with you. We want to make sure you're not doing life alone. Come on. How many of you know that during quarantine, at least we have learned that if we don't have people around us, things can get really hard and really heavy real fast. We need the church body and we need each other. And so we want to serve you and come alongside you. One quick thing, announcement. Um, we had a, a good friend of the house, Tony, here in the first service. He just jetted back to Michigan. Um, Tony and Megan, the husband and wife couple, they, they came to Oasis in the days of our coffee shop days, which was the very first uh, services that we had years ago. And um, they have now moved on to Michigan and went back home to family, got out of the city, graduated from Moody. And um, at being in Michigan now, that they have heard the, the call to go to Peru and become missionaries on the mission field in, in the jungles of Peru. And uh, he is moving his wife and his daughter and little boy, and they're moving to Peru in the next, um, I think, like seven or eight months or year, he said. And so we as a church body, we're going to pray for them. I have these cards um, here that we'll make sure we have on the table in the back or when you guys walk in next week. But we want to pray for Tony and Megan. We're going to actually, um, in the coming weeks, we're going to sow into them. We're going to take a special offering for them. Is that okay, church? We're going to support them as they go overseas to bring the gospel to people in Peru. Amen? And so he's not here. We prayed for them in the first service. If if the Lord just brings to mind Tony and Megan, just pray for them. Just pray for them and lift them up in prayer. They're incredible people. They helped us, man. Tony and Megan too, but Tony, man, he would be at service setting up at like 6 a.m. He had, he had a child at the time. He was a full-time student and he was working two jobs. You want to talk about a man that is a faithful man to God's house. Tony is awesome and Megan is awesome and we're going to believe God for great things for them. If you're watching online too, um, just, just be praying for them as well. Amen? You ready for the word? Just a disclaimer here. Um, I got through one point out of three in first service. So the odds of me finishing all three points are very slim to none. <laughs> Is that okay? We've been going through a series in 1 Peter entitled Royally Set Apart. This is the second week of this series, and um, this is the book of the Bible, 1 Peter. If you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Peter. How many of you have your Bibles? How many of you bought your physical Bible to church? Don't be shy. How many of you have your iPhones? There's your Bible on there. Pull that up. This is the only time it's acceptable, except if you're taking notes to have your phone out right now. 1 Peter chapter 1. This is a powerful passage, book of Scripture. Um, Peter is a disciple of Jesus. Peter was with Jesus while Jesus was here on earth. He watched Jesus be, uh, be crucified. If he denied Jesus. He was a, just a maniac. Um, if there's a guy that I relate to a lot in Scripture, is Pete. 
Pete's awesome. You know what Pete reminds me of? That if no matter how far or how much you mess up, Jesus is still calling you. There's a passage in scripture that I love where Jesus comes back from the grave. He raises to life and he says, hey, go get Peter too. It's powerful. Jesus is always calling you back to his heart. Do you understand that? That's how much love he has for you. No matter what you did last night, pastor, the clubs aren't open. Well, it's okay. We, it's, there are circumstances and things that we put ourselves in the night before we show up to church on Sunday. He's still calling you to his heart. He's calling me to his heart. He's calling all of us to his heart. Aren't you thankful that God's calling us to his heart? That he doesn't leave his kids without his heart, but he pours out his heart as a father to his children. And so he calls Peter to his heart. And he says, Peter, you're going to build the church. You're going to equip the church. You're going to raise up the saints of the church. And so Peter writes these words to a church in that time that is a brand new church, a lot of new believers, uh, a mostly Jewish people that have now converted to following Jesus. And so there's a radical uh, move of God happening. And the people are now being, um, go, they're, they're being, they're going through trials. They're, they're being attacked. They're being persecuted. Some say, some people believe by family members, by neighbors, from their jobs. There's things that are happening now in these believers' lives that, that it was really good to, to say yes to Jesus and experience his love, but then they had to walk this life out and it got really, really hard. And Peter's writing to them saying, don't give up. Last week we discovered that, living hope, right? We do not put our hope in a dead hope. We put our hope in a living God. 2020, wake up. We don't put our hope in anything that's happening. We don't put our hope in November. <laughs> if you do, check your heart with God. We put our hope in Jesus, the living hope, the one who came and died and raised to life for us and calls us his kids. We put our hope in a living hope. So Peter writes these words, don't give up, church. Keep going. Press in. Know the promises that he has for you. Know that he's called you his kids. Know all these things. And so then this next section of scripture, he just gives a basic, um, I don't want to say basic, forgive me. He gives a practical way to live this thing out now as his kids. And it's a powerful passage of scripture, 1 Peter 1, 13 through 20. I'm probably only going to get through verse 13, 14, and 15, but I'll read the whole thing just in case. Praise the Lord. Are you praying for your pastor right now to get through this whole thing? Amen. Jesus. Called to be holy. That's the title of this thing. Holiness is like a curse word in the church today. Jesus calls us to be people of holiness. He does not call you to live your life however you choose. However JP feels like living his life. When you surrendered your life to Jesus, you died. You get that? It's the only way that we die and actually come to life is by serving Jesus. So he says, therefore, preparing your minds for action. Everyone say action. Everyone say minds. And being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of, Christ, of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. You want me to read that again? As obedient, notice the word obedient. Everyone say obedient. Children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Ignorance is truly just not knowing. When you did not know Jesus, you did not know the love that he had for you. You did not know the grace that he had for you. You did not know his truth. But now that you are his children, you cannot claim ignorance any longer. Do not be conformed to the passions. But as he who called you is holy... You also be holy in all. Everyone say all. Your conduct. Everyone say conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Peter continues, and I want you to go home and read the rest of this, 16 through 20, 21. 
How many of you read last week and focused on 1 Peter? First couple verses, thank you. I, I encouraged you last week and I want you to do it this week, tonight, tomorrow morning, throughout the week. Read this chapter of 1 Peter. Get this in your spirit. Find a translation. My, my father-in-law, who is a godly man, he's a man of God, he serves at this house. He comes, him and my mother-in-law said two years ago that they were only gonna come for a couple months and they're, they're here for two years. Um, godly man. Like a guy that I call on the phone all the time and say, hey, what, what should I do? How does this happen? How does this work? And he grabbed him before his first service and he said, hey, have you, have you listened to, to First Peter in this translation? And I was like, no, I never did. And he played it for me. We listened to it in the hallway. And I just began to like just be overwhelmed with the presence of God. So if it's not the translation that I just read, ESV, maybe it's an NLT, maybe it's the NIV, whatever the case, just get this word in your heart. You with me? You want to know how to live? You want to know how to be? You want to know how to operate in this life through Jesus? Get in his word. His word is true. His word does not fail us. His word does not let us down. Guys, why do I harp on this all the time? Because we have believers today that are trying to follow Jesus apart from his word. And we as a church cannot do that. We're gonna follow his word. And so hearing these words from Peter saying, hey, as children, as obedient children, prepare your minds for actions. Be sober-minded. Be holy in all your conduct because he is holy and we are called to live like Jesus. I wanna title this message this morning, a, a royal standard. Do you understand that there's an actual standard to the kingdom of God? Now that gives us a, a, maybe a check in our hearts like, so I gotta, I gotta achieve to get to Jesus? I gotta achieve? I gotta work? No, 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 not, none of that. When, when you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to him. You can do nothing else to earn his love. You with me? You can do nothing else to earn his grace. You can do nothing else to earn his mercy. But, 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 but here's the thing that happens oftentimes is we say yes to Jesus and then we just think we can keep living the way that we used to live. Grace and mercy transforms you. And there's a standard to this thing that Jesus has called us to through his word. And so coming to Jesus, he says, hey, 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 Peter writes, hey, this is not a suggestion. This is actually a command. Have you ever thought someone gave you a suggestion, but actually they were telling you something that they wanted you to do? Yeah. Story of my marriage. It's <laughs> 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 so true. My wife was here, she'd be like, no, that's JP. I always send my wife like little gifts as suggestions for myself, just because that's kind of husband I am. And she doesn't answer them as something that I really want. She just takes them as suggestions. I digress. Uh, there's often times in marriage where you say something to your spouse that you think that they would take as a kind of, I need this, I want this, I expect this, but you take it as a suggestion, right? You're almost like, I thought you just, if I wanted to, right? Right? I thought you said, if, if you want to, JP, maybe you should do this. And I'm like, oh, well, you said if, if you want to. I didn't really feel like I wanted to in that moment. <laughs> Pray for Rachel. <laughs> There's often times in life where you hear something and you're like, well, well you just suggested it. This right here, this, this chunk of scripture, this is not a suggestion. This is a passage of scripture where a lot of people wish that, that Peter did not write. Be holy because Jesus is holy. Well, I thought I was supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You are, but you're supposed to do it with holy hands and holy feet. That's a good word, Pastor. Amen. This is a standard of living. This is there's a standard of calling to his church body. There's a stand. I'm talking to believers. Peter's writing to believers. He's, he's writing to the church. I'm, I'm talking to people that, that call this place home or you call another church home and you're just here today. There is a standard to being a follower of Jesus. It is not a standard of arrogance. It is not a standard of pride. 
It is not a standard of saying, I have it better than the other person. It is not a standard to look at your neighbor and say, man, you guys are lost and forsaken. I'm found, I'm good. That is not the standard. It is not a standard to go back to what Jesus saved you from. It is, it is a standard to say, hey, you, those things you used to do, your past, it's dead and gone. You are now made alive. You don't live like a dead person. You live like a person that is alive. Come on, church, wake up this morning, because that is the best thing that we can hear this morning, that Jesus' standard for us is life. And so he pens these words, and he says to them, there's a standard, and we cannot diminish the standard. We cannot dwindle the standard. We cannot make the standard of the kingdom down to fit what we want. Jesus didn't really say that. No, he did. Well, Jesus didn't really do this. No, no, he did. Well, well, Paul doesn't really, no, Paul does. No, Peter, no, Peter really does. Timothy didn't really, no, they all, they all said it. The whole book tells us how Jesus' standard is. And it's holy. And it is set apart. And it is not perfection. Hear me. You have a pastor that is imperfect. So we're all on the boat together, amen? But it is a heart posture. It is a condition of our hearts that we say, man, I want to live the way that Jesus did. I want to live the way that God is calling me to live. I want to do this thing because when I do this, the world will get bright. See, the world is asking for help. Do you understand this? Across every platform, they're crying out for leadership. They're crying out for a king. I'm, I, this is not a political statement, so don't hear me, but both sides, everything in between, people are crying, King, come! He's already come, and he's still living, and he's on his throne. And so the standard of the church is to say, yo, 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 we have to be people that are shining bright by the glory of God. His glory... I'm saying this way. Jesus does not show up where there's a whole bunch of sin. Okay, theologically, let me just say this. He will save you from that sin. He will call you out of that sin. But he is not going to build a church that is just filled with a bunch of people that are choosing the world. He needs a purified bride. Can I say it that way? And so in the midst of 2020, what he's looking for is he's looking for a bride, his bride, the bride. Be careful how you talk about the church. <laughs> it's like I could drop a pin. <laughs> Be careful how you talk about the church. All of us. You're talking about his bride. Even if it's a, dis- a little bit messed up, even if it's a different flavor, of different style, be careful. Amen? All say capiche. Just say capiche in agreements. Capiche? Okay. We are the bride of Christ. We are his bride. We are called to... Sh- if the world is dark, that means the church is not bright. Because it's, Scripture says, right, that we are the, the, the light to the what? World. It doesn't say we're the light to each other. We're the light to the world. And so if the world is getting darker, I've, I, I've said this a bunch, but I, I would beg to ask the question, is the church getting darker? Is the church not shining? Is the church not living holy and set apart where people from this world that have seen enough chaos and confusion and darkness going, you guys have peace. 
You guys have joy. You guys have life. What is it about you that makes you go and wake up in 2020, in this month, in this day, and go, I can walk in freedom. I can walk in joy. I can walk in confidence. The world is looking, and they're going to start looking and go, man, everything we've tried is not working. You actually hold the keys to justice. You actually hold the keys for mercy. You actually hold the keys for hope. You actually hold the keys for life. You have all this. We want what you have. But in order for that, I'm preaching to five people in the room. But in order for you to have that, you got to be set apart by the holiness of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit working and activate through you and me. Let me just put me in that. The world is crying out. And Peter says, hey, as much as the world cries out, as much as the world persecutes you, as, the world, as much as the world might say, you're just one of those followers of Jesus, you're that Christian nutcase. How many times have I ever heard that before? Man, that's awesome. I don't tell people I'm a pastor the first time I meet them. They're like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a builder. <laughs> I build. What do you build? I, I build, um, build people. <laughs> I don't tell people why, because the moment I say I'm a pastor, they're like, nah. <laughs> or their other reaction is like, let me tell you all my sins. <laughs> It's awesome. I love people. It's a lot funnier slacking my head than everyone else in the room. <laughs> the world is in desperate need for us to be set apart. So what is one of the ways that we live in the standard of the, of the kingdom of God? Is the royal standard has to begin in our minds. Okay, this is, I'm only going to get to point one today. Someone was not praying enough. A royal standard of the kingdom of God begins in our, in our minds. And you can interchange throughout Scripture, it does, and it, mind and spirit, spirit and mind, right? It's this idea that what you think about, what you dwell on, how, how you operate from the lens of your thinking and your mind. You know your mind is a powerful tool. You know that, right? And you also know that your mind is an absolute battlefield. Some of you right now, your minds are racing and raging with a war right now. I want to just speak peace over it. I don't know who that is. I just want to speak, speak Jesus' peace over it. Some of you have been just getting attacked in your mind. Your thoughts, not feeling valuable, feeling not qualified, feeling left out. I just want to speak peace over that. But the standard of Jesus' kingdom, it begins, it, 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 it help, it, we operate from the position of how our minds are. That's why Peter, the first words going into the practicality of this passage is saying, therefore, prepare your minds for action. Prepare your minds for the action now. That, that action is almost like, let's go, roll your sleeves up, let's go. It's almost kind of the similar thing referring back to Exodus when the people were about to get delivered from, from, from Egypt. It's that same kind of understanding. Get ready, get dressed, get ready to go. Prepare your minds for action. And being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that we brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not, conform, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you are also to be holy in all your conduct. Peter says, hey, if you're gonna do this, if we're gonna live this standard out, if we're gonna be the lights of the world, it starts here. It starts right here. It starts between these two things. It starts right here. What you think on, what you dwell on, what you listen to matters. Because you gotta have a mind that is sober-minded. You have to have a mind that is the mind of Christ. You know what I love about Scripture? Scripture talks a ton about the mind. 
but it actually says that you have been replaced with your mind with the mind of Christ. Do you understand what that means when I say that? Do you understand what the writer says when he says that? That you do not think the way you used to think when you were a sinner and was not saved by Jesus Christ. You have now been elevated to the heavenly places to dwell and to think the way that the kingdom of God thinks. Do you get what I say? It says you've been replaced with the mind of Christ. You know what that means? You think and can think the same way that Jesus does. Is that not the best news in the world? I don't have to think depression. I'm not condemning anybody, but I don't have to think anxiety. I don't have to think on fear. I don't have to think on doubt. Guys, there's been many times in my life, even today, where that starts to creep in, and I go, whoa, 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 whoa! Where did that come from? I have the mind of Jesus Christ. I am set apart. I can think the way that he has called us to think. I don't, I, you know what's awesome about this? I look at the world right now and I get stoked. The what? I get excited. Cause I'm like, look at all the chaos is, Satan's just the God of chaos. He's just causing chaos. But guess what I get to see? I get to look past that because I have the mind of Christ and I get to say, wow, the church is actually super powerful and it's gonna be super strong and it's gonna rise up and it's gonna influence people and people are gonna be radically transformed and set free by the goodness of Jesus Christ because that's what Jesus would want us to think about. How many of you woke up today and you scrolled through Instagram the first moment you woke up? Just have an accountability check. Thank you for your honesty, bless you all. Most of us wake up, we're checking emails, we're checking the text message, oh, I hope he texted me this morning. I just hope, I hope she texts me and tells me good morning. It would just make my day, God. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> single people, we're praying for godly spouses. Don't settle, don't settle, do not settle. College students, don't settle. Don't, do, please, just take it from your pastor. Make my, my shortcomings your shortcuts. Don't settle. Wait for the one that God has, and it's going to be good. Anyways, where was I at? You all woke up. Is this all right, church? You woke up, and most of you put your minds immediately to the things going on in your life, to the world. Some of you, you, you have more news inside of your spirit today than you have the good news of Jesus. Oh, that'll preach, Pastor. That's a good one. You catch that? Some of you have more news in your spirit than the good news of Jesus this, today. Already at 12 o'clock. Your minds are already filled with information. You've already scrolled this much, as many times as you have. You've already checked that email box. You've already done those things. I'm, I'm the same boat, right? I got done with service. I walked right back to the back room. I was, I was gonna do something else, and immediately I picked up my phone, and there was three messages, and I had to respond to them. Did I really have to? No. But I was being, you, you were constantly just being bombarded with information, right? What he's saying is, is your mind needs to be sober-minded. The world will not operate with a sober mind. We are so mad at the world today for the way that they think, for the way that they act, for the way that they operate, all these things, right? Like, like the church is like, how dare they? Guess what, church? They're the world. They do not, they're not called to operate the way that Christians are called to operate, and Christians are not called to way, operate the way the world. Is this making sense? The way the world's called to operate. The world does not have a sober mind. They have not been crucified with Christ. They have not set their lives apart. We have. And so the world is going to speak information to you, is going to tell you information, is going to tell you things that seem to be really, really good and really, really truthful. You know what I've realized in my life? That if a truth is said to me, I have found, better yet, I've found, I'm working on this with God, that if God shares, if I hear something, Holy Spirit speaking. If I hear something, that sometimes I hear things that I think are full truths, but they're 99% true. Yeah. 
and there's 1% missing. And you know what I've recognized in my life? That that is not the kingdom of God. Sometimes we listen to 50% truth. Well, well, well uh, God told me that it's okay because there's this much of truth. No, 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 no. God is the God of all truth. God speaks in complete truth. If you, can't, if you don't hear it or you don't receive it, you receive it from his word. His Holy Spirit speaks it to you. You get to know him better because you're obedient children, and children know the voice of God. They know the voice of their father, and knowing the voice of the father, they know how he operates and how he acts. Is this encouraging you this morning? So, so, so we cannot be people that allow for our minds to rage war and listen to these truths that aren't truths at all. They're actually lies because Satan is the prince of lies, and so if he can capture your mind with lies, he can capture and grip you. You. And we got to be people like Paul, like Peter said, like, no, 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 my mind is sober minded. <laughs> I was going to, you ever come off of not being sober? This is, we're a church that's real. Just my hand, both hands are up. <laughs> like you wake up the morning after you've had a night. You're like, what is happening? And your mind is just like completely foggy and you just like don't know what went on because we chose the world. Is this, is this okay? Can I tell you guys? This is, this is this 2020. Like, what do I, we need to save people's lives. And you wake up and you're like all foggy. You're like, what did I, what happened? And then you go throughout the morning like that. You go throughout the afternoon like that. You kind of get to the evening. You're like, okay, I'm starting to feel a little better. Peter says, there's Christians that are doing that without even touching substance. You're walking through life foggy because you're allowing the voices of, of the world or voices of deceit to speak to your mind and now the images and the way that you process things is coming through that way. Your, your neural pathways. Look at that word. I got a master's. Your neural pathways are being constructed by the things of this world. You think your information on your phone cares about you? You think that really good Instagram post that sounds really good, but if actually you dissected and put it up to the word of God, it wouldn't stand a chance in the kingdom? Actually cares about you? Actually cares about change? Actually cares about seeing people come from dead to life? It doesn't. I know this is hitting some, this is not comfortable, this is not sober-minded goes, Holy Spirit, you're in control. Holy Spirit, you speak life. Holy Spirit, you speak truth to me. So where there are lies, Holy Spirit, rip them out. Where there's deceit, remove it. Where there are schemes and traps of the evil one, help me, Holy Spirit, to see it and to recognize it and to say no to it. How did G how, how, how was Adam and Eve deceived? Dallas Willard, I'm not gonna get time to the quote. Dallas Willard, Renovation of the Heart, check that book out, please. We are reading a whole bunch of books today that are giving us a whole bunch of false things. Just FYI. I love you all. He, he talks about how Adam and Eve, Eve was not deceived by Satan hitting her with a stick. I think that's the quote. Satan didn't walk up to her and hit her with a stick and be like, eat the apple. Right? You, all know, you, you know what I'm talking about? You guys all know Adam and Eve? Does anybody need to ref Adam and Eve, creation of God, first people in the garden. Like Jesus, uh, God said, you can have everything, just don't eat that, because why? He wants to give you dignity of choice. He's never gonna force you to choose him. That's a good word, pastor. And so he doesn't beat Eve with a stick and say, eat the apple. He just gives her an idea. You, the power of ideas in your minds, it's, it's real. He just gave her a simple idea. Hey, did, did, did God really say this? Did he really, oh no, he just wants you to have, he wants you to be less powerful. No, no, actually God wanted to dwell with them and walk with them and, and be with them all. He, and he still does, the garden is still. Anyways, 
He spoke an idea, a lie. Caught him. So if it happened then, why, why would we think it's not happening now? What's happening is I'm seeing this, uh, this unveiling of all these lies and all these schemes that are catching people. It's catching the church. We gotta be careful, church, what we give our eyes to, what we give our ears to. You with me? Sober-minded, be, be, be aware of it in all of your conduct, not just Sunday morning service. If you walk in here just being a Sunday service church person, you're missing the whole thing. If you're just showing up to love Pilsen or love Chicago's when we have them because it makes you feel really good and fuzzy inside, you're missing it. If you're just showing up Wednesday night because Wednesday night is the time that we get all the good vibes and feels and I feel the goosebumps, oh my goodness, you're missing it. We are called to be sober-minded on Monday morning, on Monday afternoon, on Monday evening, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, until Jesus returns or he calls us home. We are called to be people that say, God, I ask that you would replace my mind with your mind. I want your thoughts. I want to be alert. I want to be aware. I want to be conscious of everything that is happening among me. I do not want to operate the way the world's operating. I do not want to think the way. You know what's awesome about the church? The world needs the church. You want to know why? Because the church should be leading the way in every way. Did you catch that? The things that God's placed inside of you, the talents, giftings, and ability he's placed inside of you because he wants you to go impact this world. Not to be a safe church. Oh, we're inside the walls. Oh, it's so good. Oh my gosh, we're safe. Everyone's safe. What am I doing? I don't know. Is anybody in the room? He's placed stuff inside of you so that you can go impact. You can go change your streets. You can go change your campuses. You can go change your workplaces. Even if you're on Zoom, take over that Zoom call just by having a prayer meeting before everybody gets on that thing. Father, I pray you touch Mary. We know what's going on with Mary's husband. We just pray in the name of Jesus. Like, like, this is how we should operate. We should be bringing kingdom ideas into the workplace. We should be having kingdom ideas of how to change a city called Chicago, where everybody's going right now. That is a really messed up place right now. Do you understand we're having mass exit of people? I'm not declaring that over anybody. Everyone stay or else we won't have it. No, we can be the church that goes, no, 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 we're laying roots. We're building ground. We're going to see this kingdom of heaven come to this city in supernatural. Is anybody going to have faith in the room? Yeah. Worship team, come on up. Worship team. Is this okay? Cheers. Yeah, yeah. If my son was here and he'd have his bottle, I would cheers him and he gets up. We've taught him that. And he chugs his milk. He's like, it's awesome. Anyways. You know what helps your mind? Receiving fresh revelation from the Father every day. You know what changes a believer? Sermons, sure. Worship, yeah. I don't downplay that. Revelations. In your own time, discipled by another person or by the church, getting to O groups. Revelation of how the kingdom of God works. That's how your mind gets transformed. When I got saved, I had a lot of thoughts about how I thought the kingdom of heaven worked. I thought that I could still act the way that I acted before and just claim Jesus' grace over my life. No, the word says otherwise. It says leave your dead stuff. Leave your old way of living. Leave that stuff and come and be alive. Right? Revelation of who he is and how much he loves you will transform your mind. Are you dwelling on how much he loves you or are you dwelling on the chaos of this world? 
I'm not telling you to not be aware. I'm not telling us to not know what's going on and to hide ourselves under a rock, but I'm telling us if we're giving more time to that than saying, God, I want fresh revelation of your Holy Spirit in my life. I want you to speak kingdom truth that I have never heard before. Or maybe I've read this passage of scripture nine times already, but I pray right now on this 10th time that it's a supernatural time that I have encountered you, that I will learn from you, that I grow from you, and that I receive your spirit like never before. You with me, church. Don't worry about what they're doing. Focus here for a second, because this is powerful. We need revelation from heaven. We need our minds to be filled with wisdom. If you lack wisdom, ask for it, and he'll give it to you. Why? Because it says, as obedient children. What does that mean? We are his children, and we get to ask him for stuff like this, for a transformed mind, for a renewed mind, for spirit of the spirit of wisdom and discernment to follow me. you got to make a job decision this week. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. You have a, a big study, a big class coming up, a big test, a big project. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom. You don't know how you're going to make it. Ask the Holy Spirit to see it through. you with me, church. He says when you ask him, he's going to give it to you. He doesn't give a stone when we ask for bread. He doesn't give a snake when we ask for good things for him. He gives his kingdom to his children. And all your conduct. See, what happens is, is when your mind's pure, your actions become pure. It doesn't say get your conduct in order and then get your mind. You with me? It says get your mind ready, pure, set apart, holy, so that all your conduct may also be set apart. What does that mean, pastor? Are we not allowed to do things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some things that you used to do, you're not allowed to do anymore. <laughs> it's not because he hates you. It's not because he's mad at you. It's because he radically is in love with you. And the things that you were doing or what I was once doing before were killing me from the inside out. So he says, in all your conduct, every way you act, be an example. Be an example to the people around you. Be an example to one another. Lift each other up. Show each other the way that it is called to live. Show the people that are persecuting you. Man, you can persecute me all day long, but I'm gonna keep loving you. I'm gonna keep showing up to your door and praying over your door and over your home and over you. Man, you may not like me, neighbor, but I'm gonna keep being the guy that walks by you every time and does this. What's up, guys? Hey, and they're just like. So I show up Monday. Hey, guys, how you doing? It's me, JP, how you doing? And they're like, Tuesday, I wave, they're like, this brother's not giving up. No, I'm not giving up because in all my conduct, I'm called to love my neighbor as myself. And some of you can't love your neighbor because you don't know how much Jesus loves you and you don't know the revelation of how much he loves you. So in return, you can't love yourself. That's another sermon another time. You need to get a radical transformational of, a transformation of your mind to know how much God loves you. Because when you know how much you're loved, you can love others. That's a good word, Pastor. I need the amen button back. In all your conduct, be set apart. I was listening to a podcast, I'll close with this, of some pastors across the world. And they said in the midst of all that's happening right now, these pastors are getting together and they're praying and they're talking and they mentioned about how they're coming together and some of them are sharing like, hey, I'm, I'm giving up social media for a whole year. I'm giving up t TV and sports. One guy was saying like, I've actually given up all of sports entertainment for a whole year. I'm like, Lord, don't ever call me to that. I can't. I'm, I'm strong in faith, but that would not be good. Like, anyways, that was... Some people have called them for a season to not date. Some people have called them for a season um, uh, to be set apart from the world. Some, uh, some people have been called to, to give up alcohol for the time. Like, there's these things that people have said, like the Lord's calling them to set them apart, to purify them. Some people have said, I've stopped reading like, certain books or certain magazines because I want the Holy Spirit to purify my spirit from the inside out, and I can't be purified if I'm still listening to the things of this world. 
So the challenge to us today, church, is to say, yes, there is a standard, and we're going to keep talking about this. But being a believer today in 2020 is not saying just yes to Jesus. That's important. But it's saying yes to being the light to, to, being the, light to the world. And the world has had a bad picture. Forgive us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Because, guys, at the end of the day, there are millions of people that don't know him and will spend eternity separated from him. Does that break your heart? And so your actions, your, your conduct, your mind, your thoughts, the things you want to say when you shouldn't say, are you thinking about people that are going to spend eternity separated from him? Or are you going to say, man, I want to see them come and spend eternity with us and with him? Bow your heads and close your eyes. I want you to just take a moment. I don't want the Holy Spirit to speak to places in your mind, thoughts, patterns that you've allowed to just settle in, voices of influence that you've been listening to that aren't of his voice. Lies that you've taken in as truth. Lies about who you are and what you're never going to accomplish or what you're never going to do. The deceit of you're not valuable, you have no worth. None of that is from, from Jesus. And the Holy Spirit wants to tell you today that he has given you the mind of Christ. That you can walk in purity you can walk in freedom. You can walk in joy. Oh, man, you can walk in peace. In the middle of it all, you can walk in peace. So, Father, this morning we receive the mind of Christ once again. We say yes to you, Father. Oh, we say yes to you. Father, where there is lies and schemes of the evil one, I pray that you would remove them today. And that, Father, you would replace them with your truths, with your love, with your promises. Father, I pray we would think like kingdom people. And not and only think about it, God, but we would live in all our condom like kingdom people. People that have been set apart, people that have become people of distinction, people that have been called by your name, that we have now the label of son and daughter. Would we operate in every area of our lives, in the private and in the public, in the, in the, in the church and outside, God? I pray, God, that we would be people, God, that operate the way you have called us to live. I pray you give my brothers and sisters courage. I pray you give them strength. I pray you help them when they are weak, when their minds are battling, when the wars are raging, God. I pray that they would call upon you, God, and then we know that when we call upon you, when we draw near, you draw near to us. And so I pray that you would be near to them, that their, their ears would, 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 would turn to you, that their eyes would be fixed on you, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who was, the one who is, and the one who is yet to come the conqueror of all things, the great I am, the creator of all of this, God. 
The one that sent his son Jesus to die for us, to give us new beginnings and new hope, to be a part of a living hope, to be a part of that family of you, God. I pray our minds would dwell on the heavenly things. Father, I pray that you would just continue to move and continue to speak and continue to build people up in your presence, God. I pray people would not go a day without spending time with you, God. That they would not go a moment without calling upon your name, God. God, that they would invite you into everything, God, and that you would move in the midst of their invitation, God. That you would speak, God, way over them, God. That you would call them children, God. That you would bless them, that you would anoint them, and that you would conquer everything in them and in me, Father.